0: He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day... He vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is... Now! the OG of Jets podcasting and blogging, is back. Just when I
1: thought I was out, they pull
0: me back in. Live from the Vivid Seats studios, use the promo code Overtime for up to $100 off your first ticket purchase after you download the Vivid Seats mobile app. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts. Chef Travis Milton and Josh Conrad on Turn on the Jets Digital.
1: Well, after a long layoff, welcome back to There's Always Next Year. As always, I'm your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. And with me are the men supreme about town, uh, Josh Conrad, who you can find on Twitter at Josh underscore Conrad. And Travis Milton, who you can always find on Twitter at Dash 37 Board 27. So, guys, it's been a long time since we've talked on these airwaves. Um, what is up? I, I need one good thing and one bad thing from you. And, and while that has happened, like, since we talked in the springtime, um, I'll start. I'll give you guys a couple minutes to, to, to think here. I'll start and I'll say, so the summer was great. Kids are back in school. Um, that's all going great. Uh, But and over the summer, I got the chance to go to Hawaii with the family. It was an amazing trip. We spent a week in Maui. And then on the way out, we saw some family in San Francisco. And on the way back, we saw some uh, my brother lives in in Colorado and visited him. Uh, So lots of fun to be had with the family kind of once school was out. Um, exhausting, but, but a great two weeks that that's the first two week vacation I've had in, I, I, maybe since I was married, uh, that's probably the first two week vacation I've ever had. So it's almost pushing 15 years, which is insane. Um, but so that was a good thing. Um, I got to eat spam masubi, uh, which was amazing. Oh yeah. Uh, and I ate it any chance I got it, any chance I saw it, I was eating it. But uh, I'm not clear on where uh, I this the bad thing was that happened to me, but but I also, at some point over the course of the summer, early summer, um, contracted hepatitis A, and I just spent the weekend in a uh, a trauma level center one uh, academic hospital here in Richmond, VCU health shout out. Um, and they were, (laughs) they were monitoring me and my skin is yellow. My eyes are yellow. Um, I basically have no appetite. Um, and, uh, for those who don't know, hep A is like a foodborne, uh, strain of hep. And it just means your liver is, is inflamed, which is kind of shocking that I'm the one with the, uh, with the inflamed liver. But, uh, but anyway, um, so that was a good thing and a bad thing for me. Um, Josh, what about you? How was how your summer spring been?
2: Yeah, uh, it's gonna be tough to beat Hawaii and a weird liver disease, but um, I, yeah, boys, we, we have twin um, twin one year old boys. They turned one a few weeks ago. Um, and man, that's that's been a blast. We have spent the summer um, a lot out and about here in New England. Um, had a lot of people actually visit us in New Haven off and on. And so we got to do a lot of pizza stops. Um, Ooh. a lot of, a lot of pizza eating in New Haven, which is always, always a good thing. Um, yeah, my, my wife and I took a couple of little mini vacations, just kind of like a little weekend trips around New England, which is, is always good to get out for a little bit of time. So that's, that's been really good. Um, i the Jets good front. We ate hey, guys, we have a GM, Ooh. um, from mechanicsville and i'm pretty sure is actually brian bassett himself he looks exactly like
1: brian he's less Uh, yellow than i am right now (laughs) literally i had blood tests done today josh and the lady taking my blood she's like yeah you look kind of like a pumpkin and i was like oh (laughs) she's like just none of that pumpkin spice though and i was like oh snap i got snapped
2: you're like can i get another nurse please uh yeah, we have, we have a GM, so that, that's been really good. Um, bad on, on my front uh, over this summer um, has been, uh, how do I say this? Twin one-year-olds get into a lot of stuff, and so we have been consistently moving things to higher and higher levels in our home to the point that, like, I don't know why we have tables. Like, let's just build shelves that are seven or eight feet off the ground so that my twin one year old boys can't pull down the cord or pull over this fan or break that lamp or (laughs) crash my phone. Like there's just every day guys, like there has been more and more things that have just broken in my house over this season of life. So I'm I'm looking forward to the to the day when um, we can put things back at a normal level. Um, for right now, the only thing that's going to be safe in my house this fall is our TV that hangs up on the wall. Um, get all sixteen jet games in into my system, injected right into my veins. But man, if if kids don't get into a lot of crap constantly,
1: <laughs> welcome to the next eighteen years of your life. So uh, it, it's it. it's still it's still a train wreck, and mine are ten years ahead of yours. Travis, what are some good yes. things that happened with you?
3: um i mean it was it was a pretty uh, pretty darn good summer spring uh whatever uh did a lot of traveling um cooking in a lot of places kind of uh, jet setting all over the place uh but i would say my highlight happened about a week ago uh when probably half the world at this point knows but i got uh the tattoo i've been wanting to get for a solid uh maybe six seven years which uh is the Golden Girls as Mount Rushmore emblazoned across my chest? Um, oh, yes. which leads me to probably one of the two worst things that's happened to me, uh, being that I might be the itchiest person on the planet right now because uh, uh. I had to not only get a tattoo, but I had to shave my chest for the first time in my <laughs> life.. <laughs> I thought that it was it would be a, you know a nice gesture to my tattoo artist. Uh, to do it yeah. before so he didn't have to do it. Uh, so I did it the night before and was immediately had to do it again the next day. Uh, <laughs> um, that uh, combined with uh, probably the other worst thing that's happened to me is I have acquired a, uh, a quasi addiction to uh, White Claws. Um, yes. Oh, White Claws. The McCroy
1: with vodka, essentially. Yeah. Right?
3: No laws with white claws. I mean, it's, it's essentially just like it's it's essentially just like adult Zema.
1: Nice,
2: yeah. yeah. Just I love like that it's adult Zema because is Zema for kids.
3: Uh, it was for me. I mean, you pop a Jolly Rancher in there during high school, and you were the most popular kid on the block. Oh man! I want oh,
2: you to get no laws with white claws tattooed across your knuckles now.
3: A buddy of mine in Richmond actually got no laws uh, no laws with uh, claws tattoo. Um, I do have a T-shirt that says that. That's that's about as far as I'm going.
1: That yeah, that might be a, that might be because I I don't think White Claw has the lasting power of a you know of a brand like Pappy Van like Winkle. Zima right or Zima right. So <laughs> I would I would go ahead and you know not you know mark your well that was a 2019 tattoo. If I ever had a 2019 tattoo, um, but okay, I have questions about the tattoo. So now that you've shaved and you've gotten the tattoo. Like, do you need to continue to shave? How does this work? Like, Well,
3: whatever. that's the thing. Like, I, I really don't want Blanche to have a beard. So I'm probably, <laughs> I'm going to see what happens um, and, uh, and go from there. I don't know that I'm going to go into chest waxing just yet. Yeah. Um, I would say yeah, I, haven't, I haven't attained that Justin Timberlake body like I've been and yeah. trying to do you're working, on it. You're there working yet. on it, The, keto's, yeah, the keto's, working, you're working on working, it. but you're not there yet. So
1: I would say listeners, if anybody has any suggestions for Travis on how to maintain his manscaping for, uh, you know, for the national park service to keep, uh, to keep all the, uh, all the wildlife off Blanche and, And Rose and the gang, Uh, please, please let Travis know.
4: While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill.
1: Well, guys, this was awesome. Um, <laughs> I think, though, we need to get into it. It's been a long time since we've talked about the Jets. So uh, let's just quickly, quickly go through the depth chart. You know, the, the Jets have gone from 90 now to 53. Um, you know, I, I would say I, I don't think there's going to be any major surprises here when we talk about these things. But but what I want to quickly go through is just as we look at the season and the Jets prepare, you know, for, for the coming weeks and months ahead, um, what does this team consist of? Is it is it any different than we thought? You know, have there been, you know, substantial changes? And so I thought one good way to do that is, like, let's just do a quick depth chart roundup, um, and we're going to go through offense and then defense, but then we'll each pick one group we can't repeat um, and say, okay, well, you know, what is the strongest position On offense and weakest and then so on for, for defense. So, so let's get going. So, so Josh, I'll let you start on offense. Um, if you, you kind of get to draft, it's almost like a draft, right? Um, what is the strongest position group Mm -hmm. as far as you're concerned?
2: Yeah, I think I think it's the backfield guys. Like obviously adding Lev Bell, um, healthy with a full year of of no football um, these last 365 days for him. Um, he's coming really fresh. I, I love everything. You know, all the hype around Ty Montgomery this preseason's been great. It's made me feel really good about the potential of a guy like that. If, if something ever happened to Lev Bell, I think Ty Montgomery – um had a great preseason and looks like he could fill at least you know 70% of that role for Lev Bell um i like Powell in a in a, in a smaller role where um, you know we're not relying on him to be kind of the 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 option a uh, pace change out out of out of the backfield, um, I, I like him in some special situations. I think Gaze can get really creative with a guy like Bilal Powell, kind of all over the field, some stuff in the slot. Um, you know, ha- have some fun with him. Um, and then obviously back there with Trenton Cannon, which you know, kick returning specialties, you know, could, could spell a, a Bilal Powell if he's out for a game or two. So to me, I think it's the deepest uh, offensive position we have is is that running back this year, guys. And when's when's the last time we felt
3: that way? I feel really good about our backfield right now.
1: Yeah, do you agree or disagree with that, um, Travis?
3: Um, I, it, It's hard to disagree considering Le'Veon Bell's back there, but, uh, you know, I really think that our, our receiving cores are, are highly underrated. Um, I, I, You know, you don't know if, if Robbie's going to step into that number one kind of role, but what we saw in the preseason, you know, they were mixing up his routes a ton. Um, you know, I, I can see him, you know, being a contract year as well, mm. him kind of, of – of, really maturing into that role at this point. And uh, with the addition of Crowder um, and, you know, Anunwa being what he is, uh, I I think that this is the strongest receiving group we've had in a very long time. But uh,
1: which is crazy to say with as few players as they actually have, like, I know, right. Which so, I mean, but I agree when you look at the top three, um, like you have a pretty diverse set of skills, right. Is that kind of why you're leaning that way?
3: Yeah, uh, you know, you've got your speedster and Robbie Anderson, uh, but then with, uh, you know, Jameson and, and Quincy, you've got a little bit of a similar skill set, uh, but I think the difference maker is uh, Crowder has that acceleration after the catch, and, you know, on the opposite end, you know, and none was just a bruiser after the catch. They can both, you know, go over the middle. You know, they're great in the slot, uh, but I think those two, you know, Jameson being kind of that hybrid between, Anunwa and Anderson, I think is, is going to make for really great, really great matchups or mismatches. Uh, and then with, you know, obviously with bell in the back, you know, you can kind of put him in the receiving core as well as, as much as he catches the ball out of the backfield. Uh, it really uh, makes them a, a lot more dangerous than I think a lot of people are thinking.
1: It's a great point. And I think, you know, that's why I think we're seeing this kind of, you know, burgeoning love affair with Ty Montgomery who you know once upon a time at Stanford was a wide receiver transitioned to running back during his time with the Packers and you know so I I get that sense I think you're right in that uh, I've been watching all summer and I was on a podcast earlier in the summer and that was one of the things that I said is I think Ty Montgomery is going to be a you know an important player he might not get Fifteen touches a game or anything like that, but he's going to be important. Uh, you know, kind of Swiss Army knife piece of this of this offense. And so when they think about Ty Montgomery and and to your point, Love Bell too, they think about them as receivers. And then obviously, you know, we're four weeks away from from Chris Herndon, who's a tight end, but um, but you know his uh, ability to catch the ball will, will help as well.
5: Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Play like a jet. Play like a jet. I'm gonna go ahead and jump on to the weakest position group. And in that case, I think it's got to be Offensive line. Uh, I think that's one of the things I saw on. uh, I think it was on NJ.com. Was there's something like 18 linemen on this team right now? And I understand that's defensive and and offensive linemen. But the point is, when you're carrying that many linemen, it's almost uh, a sign that there's real problems. Like you know, you you carry so many because you're basically so bad at the position. Um, And I think that's kind of what we see now. To be fair. Um, you know they brought in Khalil, who I think is going to be a big help to the middle of that line. Uh, but you know they still have a lot of improvement. Um, you know, um, uh, you know they've they've addressed the position some in the in the off season, and it's certainly better than it's going to be last year, especially on the interior. Uh, but right, we're you know we're still years away. From this being a Colts offensive line or a you know Lions offensive line, um, it's it's just not there yet. Um, so so I certainly ha- would say that's the the weakest group there. Any strong disagreements from from either of you, or do you feel or you feel more bullish now that they've added some players?
3: You know damn well I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I, mean I think I think it's all a right. Place. Well, moving on. All right, uh, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead.
3: That I was have to to say, I up. think at the very least, it's, it's an unknown commodity right now. You know, uh, the starting offensive line hasn't played a single snap together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I love the addition of Khalil. I, I actually talked about this before he retired. He's one of the smartest centers out there, which I think is just going to help, you know, Sam Darnold a ton. Uh, but it, it, it's a complete unknown commodity. You know, you, you don't know what kind of chemistry these guys have together. And that, that position or, or those positions mm-hmm. – are probably the most, you know, chemistry is, is very conducive to those, those positions. You know, it's not like wide receivers, you know, you, you are essentially all have to work as one and not having, you know, any snaps under your belt altogether is, is kind of, you know, concerning.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I think years ago football outsiders did a a study on that and they showed that Right. even if a team isn't like they don't have great you know high end players consistent consistency across seasons for offensive lines breeds success um, because of, right, just that knowing of, okay, this person is good in this area. They're bad in that regard. I've got to be looking out for them in, in this situation. And just the familiarity, um, you know, all that time spent together, um, you know, that knowledge, right, as you say, of kind of what's, you know, what makes a player good or bad and, and how to help um, and and kind of working together in sync, as you say. Um, so I think I think that is a real – good point to make that that consistency while while the talent might be better on paper it's still going to be a work in progress you know probably for at least the first half of the season um and and right yeah but it's even if they do great this year to your point travis like they're still going to be adding players next year um and then they're gonna have to go through that all over again so um so yeah i i agree i think it's the weakest group um all right Travis, since you didn't get to pick the strongest um, uh, group on
3: offense, what do you think the strongest position group on defense is? Man, you lobbed me a softball on that one. (laughs) Um, That would be – I mean, I can't say defensive backfield altogether because I I, I think our safety is pretty locked down. But sweet Jesus. uh, I mean, we're we're at like Uncle Rico point with the cornerbacks. I mean – I d I don't know what the hell to do there. Uh I mean I mean just Tremaine strap
1: didn't... in just strap in and ride at this point. I mean there is nothing left yeah. to do. You you are on the you are on the Jets defensive back
3: experience now. This is it. Yep. Uh, I mean Tremaine didn't I don't think he wowed anybody last year. I really hope that uh uh Greg Williams being there, considering he you know, some of his best years were with Greg Williams, that, that that's gonna turn around a little bit uh, but that still doesn't, you know, help the fact that Daryl Roberts is playing right across from him. Who he played pretty good in in fill in last year at cornerback. I thought he was 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 complete crap as a safety. Um, no, <laughs> no good.
1: Okay. I, I don't think I don't think Josh. I don't think you're going to disagree with that one. So um, no. so if if the if the cornerback group is the is the worst group, then um, please elucidate eluc- 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 us on on what the best group has to be.
2: Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's been the strength for, you know, the last number of years, which I know that word is relative, but it's it's still got to be our defensive line, guys. Like, you know, we have Leonard Williams coming up to, you know, a contract year. You've got Quinn Williams, who, you know, most scouts, again, had a, had the, had as the top-rated player in last year's draft. Steve McClendon is ageless. Like, he's the, he's the defensive version of Tom Brady in my book uh, Henry Anderson, like you've got some depth there on that line too. You have some guys that could possibly pop. Um, you know, I I feel the best about that group. It's not, you know, I I don't think there's all pro guys at every position, but I I think we could be coming out uh, of this season feeling like if, if they re-sign Leonard Williams, Quentin Williams hits, um, you know, you have at least two guys right there. that are going to disrupt at least from the interior perspective, man, I feel, I feel best about that group. Um, I think there's huge questions, obviously, in the secondary. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about the linebacking core in a minute, but um, I feel the best about our defensive line. It feels like there's a little bit of a rotation that's formed there. Um, you know, I think we're still going to be chasing a little bit of the elusive uh, edge guy that we've been wanting for the last few years. But, man, so far I feel I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about that D-line right now.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And I think the only thing I, I, I tried to make a case, you know, as I was putting the podcast together for – uh, uh, for the linebacking core with the addition of C.J. Mosley, but certainly with Avery Williamson uh, you know, going out for the year, you know, just a couple weeks ago, yeah. uh, ago in the second preseason game, um, but that certainly you know took a big bite in, into that group. Um, and you know, while, while I think that the group is still going to be fine, um, you know, right, there certainly I would not classify them as the strength of this defense. It has to be the defensive line, um, but right, I think they will be able to to play, you know fine um you know the the linebacking group will be fine with the help of the guys ahead of them um certainly though i I would guess that the the linebackers are going to you know be getting their money's worth um running in in coverage like that's really where you know this group is going to get just uh beat up is going to be in you know short dump offs Uh, screen game um, you know you know passes across the middle to slot receivers you know that sort of thing Um, that's really where this group is going to have to shine to kind of hold hold this overall defense together um, from that linebacking group
5: hey guys Greg Peterson here with the baseball betting podcast as we know the MLB season is back in our lives it's going to be a 60 game sprint
1: Let's talk about one of the weirdest stories, um, you know, so far of the summer. And it's got to be about um, bye-bye, Ja'Kai Polite. So the Jets cut third-rounder Ja'Kai Polite um, just a couple days ago. Um, You know, there's lots of stories about him. Obviously, you know, he had a productive uh, season in his time in Florida – Uh, But basically since then, you know, showed up to the combine, 20 pounds overweight, um, tested poorly, you know, the Jets at his pro day, he actually tested worse on his pro day, which is rarely the case. Um, The Jets still drafted him in the third round. You know, he he also kind of like, I think he kind of walked out of the, out of the, um, the combine because he was saying, you know, teams were, you know, blowing him up in interviews and stuff. Um, So obviously lots of problems there. Um, and, and then there is this idea that he was potentially fined $100,000 by the Jets for his you know, behavior, things he was doing, things he wasn't doing um, since joining the team. That's pretty impressive to be with a team for roughly four months and rack up $100,000 in fines. So I want to know right now if, from both of you, if some, if your employer fined you $100,000 and you needed to pay up today, how would you pay those fines? Uh, my answer is essentially I would sell my house and uh, and I would barely be able to scrape together the rest, like, you know, in terms of the equity and, and, you know, putting together the rest, I don't know how I would pay a hundred thousand dollars in fines. I know it's a different world for these guys, but um, how would you, Josh, how would you uh, pay a hundred thousand dollars in fines from your employer?
2: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I think I'd start selling ad space on my body. And so, <laughs> on my forehead, my my around my eyes like Mike Tyson.
3: Forums. I got a guy go for
2: that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure Travis can Keep hook me you up with a guy. That has always he's always wanted to put, you know, a Supreme logo um on a on a middle aged white guy's forehead. So I, I would start selling ad space instantly um and, and then Beyond that, yeah, I I I mean, how much do kids go for? Like could I get fifty thousand a kid? I
1: think you could. I mean, yeah, healthy they're pretty cute. I mean, they're pretty good cute. kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean in New England you might get a little bit of a you know, cost reduction because they're Jets fans, but um, but I think I think yeah, it could
2: happen. New England frowns upon selling of children, I think. I don't I don't think we're we're at that point of uh, Well,
1: children. it's an option. It's an option. Um, so, and, and Travis, how, how would you pay hundred K in fines if you, had-
3: uh, well, first off, I'd probably have to sell, uh, some of my Jordan collection, which I would, I would not be psyched about. Um, then would come, uh, my ghostbusters action figures and, oh. and then I'd probably end up, uh, on like some uncle Ben's rice commercials or, or some kind of, of, <laughs> of crappy, like, you know, minute microwave food or, or, or start doing those, you know, I could be those, uh, uh, you know, the chefs on like the, the, the magic rotisserie. Uh, infomer- oh yeah.
1: Like Ronco. Like you'd be yeah, like, I, go.
3: could, I could totally start doing the Ronco thing. I think, uh, oh, I think I've oh, got a good oh, enough resume sure. and uh, I'm edgy enough that I think that I could uh, start hawking crap on, uh, on those. I Wouldn't it. be psyched about it, but I, th- I think that's a good backup plan. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it.
1: So, um, I mean, in terms of polite and, you know, obviously it was a weird pick. Um, you know, I, I, at the time I liked the production that we saw in college and, you know, the, the, obviously the, you know, the, the, the measurables and the tape didn't match it. Um, or the, the, the measurables kind of, you know, coming out of the combine didn't match it. Um, obviously thought it was a, you know, kind of a value play, um, but with a third round pick, like that's, that's a big move. So obviously the, the new GM, Joe Douglas, and, and the coach, uh, Adam Gase, not so much fans of Ja'Kai Polite. So at this point, um, you know, I mean, what, what do we know? What have we learned about the Jets in terms of their cutting of a third round pick? That almost never happens. Um, so what do we know about this front office and this, and this coaching staff um, that they would do this? What, 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 what conclusions have you come to?
3: I think we finally got a front office and a coaching staff that's gonna hold people accountable. Um I mean polite. I, I, I saw a picture of him wearing a visor one time and, and I don't trust anybody that wears a visor. Um so I'm glad that they're at least <laughs> holding him accountable for that. Um that's a hundred K right there. <laughs> <laughs> um but no, I think that's it's it's seriously refreshing that there is like a uh an air of accountability now it doesn't matter who picked you how high you were picked or or you know what you what you did last year it matters what you're doing now and uh that's that's super cool like i'm uh i didn't think i would be on board this train this adam GaSe train but uh, uh I'm, I'm i'm not shave shaved the beard but uh outside of that like I, i'm buying in a little bit i think i'm i'm kind of stoked and, and having joe douglas doesn't hurt that at all
1: yeah i agree josh what do you think
2: yeah it- obviously like, you know, you, you never, I mean, we knew this coming out of Florida. I've got got a buddy who's a big Florida Gator fan who said, listen, if, if he's acting right and he's in a situation that he's thriving and and producing well, um, if he, if he's in the right headspace, like he's a really great player, but that was the problem at Florida was that the guy could not stay on the field because of off off the field stuff. And so, um, you know, I, I, I'm I'm fine with us taking a shot on a guy like that in the third round. I mean, for every guy like that, you know, there's there's other guys that have dropped down draft boards into the second and third round who have been great producers in the NFL. So you know, you got to take your shots in those rounds. I'm glad we're taking you know a, a shot on a guy like that. And if he doesn't work out, like get him out of the building. Like if he's not the right guy to push to push this this defense forward, then just be done with them. Don't, don't linger around. Don't wait. You know, I think instantly my thought was I'm hoping that there's more to this story rather than just a roster spot. And when it turns out he's late all the time, he's not showing up and, and, and ready to go. Like just get rid of the guy. Like there's, there's a hundred other guys that would love to have that spot. and We're going to fight for it. So if he's not willing to fight for it, then listen, go be on the Seahawks practice squad. I, I wish the best for you, but not, not in this building.
1: Right. And I think that's an interesting thing. He he winds up on the Seahawks um, and right. If there's an organization in the NFL right now that would be equipped to get this guy dialed in and kind of moving in the right direction, has the patience for it and certainly has the need for it on defense. uh, It's going to be the Seahawks. So, so he actually winds up in a good situation, right? Wish him the best. uh, But right. Like more than anything, just frustrated at the, at the, at the little bit of a swing, Uh, by McHagman in in that pick when, right, there might have been guys with better data points coming into into, um, April um, that they could have taken and might have been a safer pick. It's kind of like in your fantasy drafts, like in the early rounds, like you don't want to lose your draft, but in the kind of middle to later rounds, like that's when you can win, you know, win your drafts, right? by kind of getting the guys with the asymmetrical upside, so It was kind of a weird scenario as far as I was concerned with the pick. Like he was a guy where it's like, this is a risky pick and things aren't trending in the right way. So I, I hope that it would work out, but right. Didn't, didn't work out. Um, anyway, Uh, sounds like everybody's better off for it and yeah. And right. To your point, there's some accountability here that we haven't seen. It actually in some ways reminded me of the Patriots. The Patriots would generally give a guy like this at least a year. um, But they are quick to cut players that are not kind of living up to the Patriot way or whatever. And so I kind of saw that and it, it did make me think a little bit of the way that they run their organization, whether you're a second or third round pick, like they're not, gonna shy away from uh cutting you even if it's only been you know a year generally they give a little bit more time but um but can't blame the Jets in this situation play like a jet play like a jet all right so speaking of kind of bad influences on the Jets uh roster to hopefully good influences on the Jets roster let's talk a little bit about Heinz Ward um the 43-year-old who was the um, kind of, you know, special assistant over the summer, he's gotten an office offensive assistant uh, coaching job with the Jets. Um, the, co- the players were raving about him in his time in camp with the Jets this summer. Um, Anunwa and Robbie Anderson were saying that they credited him with kind of some of their uh, um, activity levels and kind of they were treating their body um, over, over the course of training camp, and found his his um, his advice as a you know former player, former excellent you know leading receiver of all time for the Steelers um, to be to be really helpful. Uh, this seems like a great move for the Jets, with you know again kind of little upside, um, but lots of opportunity to that positional group. Um, Travis, you were talking about earlier um, the wide receivers. Travis, what do you think about Heinz Ward's influence potentially uh, on this group?
3: I'm pretty stoked on it and I'm pretty stoked at, at this uh, this coaching staff and front of offices uh, uh, ability or need to bring on some of these uh, some of these guys like Heinz Ward or that kind of you know they're they're young enough to where, you know a lot of these receivers or, or players grew up watching them you know mm-hmm. the, these guys are, are carrying like a ton of clout you know with with the receivers because you know Robbie Anderson grew up watching Heinz Ward. I uh, would have loved to have seen him in green and white about 10 years ago. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was, last year they brought on Cromartie as a, as an intern coach, and I, I really hope that they would have kept him on. Uh, so I'm super psyched that they've done this with Heinz Ward because everything I've read uh, from Robbie and, and Jameson and the other receivers has been that he's been a seriously positive uh, influence and a positive voice in the in the, the film room with them and on the field. So that's, uh, it's, it's awesome. Like I'm stoked.
1: Uh, Josh, do you think Heinz, I don't know, help in the film room as Travis talks about is something that could potentially actually increase the production of the, of the wide receivers this year?
2: Yeah, I, I think, I think he's the right guy for, for Quincy and for, and for Crowder. I think, you know, kind of more of the possession guy, um, you know, he, he was never a burner, like he was never a Robbie right. Anderson, but like that. Right. Robbie
1: Anderson that. was Mike Wallace, right, it's essentially.
2: Yeah, and like, you know, a guy like Hines Ward that can teach a guy like Anunwa how to, how to run his route on third and seven that goes eight yards instead of five yards, like it's the little things that I think a guy like Hines Ward brings um, into this receiving core, and he's got a lot of, you know, semi-proven talent like these these guys have been um successful for the most part for for the early parts of their career and so I'm hoping you know someone like Crowder that I know in Washington he was rumored to you know be like a hundred catch guy and I know there's some there's some some smoke around that in 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 New York now for him as well um I'm I'm hoping that a guy like Hines Ward can really tap into that potential um bring out the best in these guys help them obviously in the film room you know little little tricks of the trade um I, I think it's great
1: I think I think why not? You know, it seems like a smart guy to bring in. Uh, Obviously there's so many different, you know, levels of players, even at the NFL level, but you know, at the, at the end of the day, all these guys are supremely talented. Right. And so when I think about players that are at this level that have kind of, you know, been vetted and through this level of competition uh, you know, there's a really important factor um, that a lot of like really smart players, you know, uh, in, in any industry, it doesn't matter if it's finance, you know, wall street or healthcare or whatever. Um, you know, marginal gains is, is something that people talk about. And I'm a big believer in marginal gains in any, in any industry, but in one where everybody's so closely grouped, um, you know, marginal gains can have big impact if it, you know, a couple little things, you know, add up over time. That's kind of the concept, right? And so when you bring in a player, a, a coach, excuse me, like, Heinz Ward, a former player like Heinz Ward, to help out, mentor these young guys, um, I think, right, it's, it's a real difference um, in terms of in terms of how they can contribute uh, to the off- offense. And I think you're right, Josh, you know, certainly his skill set is going to translate more to helping players like Anunwa and Crowder, just based on kind of who he was as a player. Um, But right, I think certainly the level of professionalism and the way he treats his body and that sort of thing, you know, that's something that can help someone like Robbie Anderson, who maybe is a little bit more, um, you know, has been more freewheeling, let's say, (laughs) to, to this point in his career. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of this. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I hope that he finds a, a more permanent position, um, in the coming years with the coaching, uh, with the coaching staff, maybe his wide receiver coach. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how, how the first year goes. Uh, but right. I, I don't know. I, I hope that the receivers take, can take a step forward because of his presence. Uh, but you know, we'll just, we'll just have to see and time will tell. Um, so speaking of time will telling guys, it's, it's time to talk about game day this Sunday. So the Jets take on the Bills um, at home and the Jets are minus three. Um, and when I look at this team, I think, you know, we all have a sense of who the Bills were last year. We all have a sense of who the Jets were last year. Um, I don't know how much has substantially changed. I think it a- both things have, but by and large, the characteristics of the teams that we saw a year ago are still very much the characteristics. I think of, of both these teams as they go into the season, Um, you know, namely Bill's offense is terrible. um, And the, and the Bill's defense is awesome. And then kind of, you know, conversely like the Jets defense is, um, is mediocre at best, mediocre um, maybe improving somewhat this year. uh, And, and their offense was mediocre. Uh, last year, so when you kind of pair those two things up, like you get an interesting matchup in that you know you have the Bills defense kind of wanting to uh, wanting to assert their control on the game, and on the other side you have um, you know you have the the Jets that's offense like wanting to, to try and, you know, find the cracks and crevices that they can work in, um, in an excellent, you know, pass defense. So, so Josh, as you think about this matchup, what are some of the kind of big storylines or, um, you know, kind of narratives that you're going to look at this weekend in this game to kind of get a sense of, Hey, this, you know, if you, I guess the question is, as you watch the first and second quarters, what are the things you're going to be watching closely so that you know, okay, I think this team is, you know, this Jets team is going to win or this team's going to lose because they're not doing this
4: thing?
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be Josh Allen on the ground. I know, end of last season, we were kind of joking about how he had become the second coming of Mike Vick, but. Um, he, he's a problem on the ground guys. Like in, in this linebacking core um, is going to really have to mark him. Well, Jamal's going to have to have a big game kind of containing him when he tries to take off and run at the same time. Um, you know, I, I, I just anticipate they're going to move him around a lot. Um, and in, in, in some of these longer kind of, you know, holding the ball times five or seven seconds of, of Josh Allen running around, trying to make some plays uh, before he crosses the line of scrimmage, like it's going to come down to our secondary, you know, marking marking some of their deep threat guys. Um, they're going to take their shots. They're going to try to obviously score some points. And um, I think the Jets' defense would be would be good to kind of play well, um, you know, fifteen twenty yards off the ball in secondary and make sure that they're not letting guys hit home runs all the time. So, um, I'm, I'm optimistic. Um, I think, I think on the whole, the jets are a better team. Um, but defensively, yeah, this, this could be kind of a tricky game where um, they're going to really have to limit Buffalo's points because I don't think Buffalo's going to give up a ton of points to our offense this week. So, I mean, you know, there's a there's a million unknowns in a week one. What's Love Belt right. going to look like? What's, what's our receiving core going to look like? What's Donald's ability with these receivers going to look like as well? So um, I'm optimistic. And at the same time, you know, it's going to come down to our secondary limiting the big plays, I think.
1: Uh, Travis, what, what do you think, um, in terms of, as you look at this game, what are you gonna be watching for closely in the first and second quarter to get a sense of how, how
3: well the Jets are doing their chance to win this game? Um, I think the biggest, the, the biggest thing is going to be, uh, the, the offensive defensive lines, um, and how they're playing, uh, to kind of Josh's point, if the defensive line is not getting any pressure and the, uh, everything's resting on the secondary we're going to be in a really really tough spot um as as long as they are getting pressure and and not giving him time to throw or run around you know we can we can have some containment but but if they're not getting any pressure and it's all on tremaine johnson and daryl roberts uh, it's it's going to be a long game uh and then to the same onus on the uh the offensive side if the offensive line is is not keeping darnold upright or, or giving lanes to uh the Le'Veon and Ty Montgomery, we're we're not going to have a uh, a great game uh, with with Chris Herndon not playing. That's that's one of uh, Darnold's most trusted dump off guys. Uh, he's his check down, He's a safety net, and he's not there. And we haven't seen anything out of any of the other tight ends. So it, it's really going to come down to the play on on both sides of, of uh, the line of scrimmage uh, on the lines. So that's 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 my litmus test for the game.
1: Yeah, I think those are all great points. I think a big thing that I'm going to be watching is, um, you know, the Sam Darnold that we saw in December, you know, was one of the best quarterbacks in in the NFL um, in that month. And, you know, if you were to, you know, from a fantasy perspective, if you were to take what he did in December and extrapolate it over the course of the season, he would have been like the QB4. So that means he would have been the, the fourth best scoring, you know, fantasy scoring quarterback of all quarterbacks so that gives you a real sense of you know how much uh improvement he saw in that in that December period at the same time you know, they were playing teams like the Packers right this wasn't exactly you know the roughest road for them um and so so what I do want to see is right with a good defense a great pass defense you know how does Sam Darnold you know, in another, you know, live game situation, you know, live bullets, the, the whole thing, um, you know, how does he fare because he's really going to get locked down, um, you know, by those corners and by that secondary. Um, and so, so when I'm curious to see, you know, how does the chess match play out? Can, to your point there, can, can Le'Veon Bell and, you know, the running game, you know, set up some, you know, kind of soften up some things, some screens, whatever they need to do early to soften up the, the middle of the field. And then once they do that, can they start taking advantage of some, some of their big play guys like, uh, like Robbie Anderson, um, you know, later in the game? So, so I think there's a, there's a degree of a chess match in this game um, that I'm really interested to watch closely um, around, around the Jets and specifically Sam Darnold.
3: No, I haven't had enough whiskey or white clothes to, to be very uh tensive or thinking at the moment. Okay. Which doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: <laughs> no, it, it makes sense with you. It makes sense with you. I think okay. We, All right. we understand. We understand. Your 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 brain is your lip. So you need you need uh you need help. You need help there. That's fine. It is, yes. Uh well anyway, um guys, thanks so much for this week. We are excited to be back. Um we are looking forward to the the weeks ahead. We'll be coming to our podcast will be coming onto the the network early in the week so like tuesdays ish so look for us there if you have questions ahead of that feel free to uh to reach out to any of us on twitter um as we laid out at the top of the show um thanks again there's always next year and it's finally here
0: thanks for listening to play like a jet presents there's always next year with brian bassett travis milton and josh conrad just want to remind you real quick that fantasy football season is here and this season, there are more ways to win than ever because FanDuel's got more ways to win cash prizes and once-in-a-lifetime experience during every single game every week. I know what you're thinking. But I've never played with FanDuel before. That's actually good because new users get 20 bucks in site credit if they deposit 20 bucks, And this is going to be an especially fun fantasy football season because for the first time in a while, the Jets actually have players that are worth drafting fairly high. Le'Veon Bell, Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson All poised for big seasons So those are some guys you want to look out for As we get ready for this week one matchup Against the Bills I have a feeling that Le'Veon Bell Is going to tear the roof off of MetLife Stadium That's somebody you're definitely going to want to try to draft In a FanDuel Daily Fantasy League Which, by the way, I like way better Than a season-long league Because it gets boring You have the same players Yeah, you can tinker with the roster here and there But this way, you get a brand new team Every single week and injuries and underachievers don't screw up your entire season. Sign up now for FanDuel and get twenty bucks in total bonus. Just make your first deposit of twenty to get started, and you'll get an extra five bucks in site credit every week for four weeks. Go to fanduel.com slash DFS fantasy or download the FanDuel app. Don't forget to follow Brian, Travis, and Josh on Twitter. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. Let's Turn on the Jets digital and turn on the Jets. Dot com.